0: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And now you can enjoy all your favorite electric surge podcasts on the Electric Now channel. Download Zumo, Distro TV, Stir, and the Electric Now app, where you can enjoy great television and movies from Electric Entertainment, as well as all your favorite electric surge podcasts like the 430 movie, Inglorious Trexperts, The Best Movies Never Made, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, and coming soon, Two On Who, a Doctor Who podcast. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: And welcome back to Best Movies Never Made, the podcast where we explore interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. I am your co-host, Josh Miller, and with me as always is Mr. Steven Scarlatta. How
2: are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Thank you. As we noted in our last episodes, and I think people are probably increasingly getting used to on all the podcasts they listen to, uh, our audio quality is probably... Not up to snuff, because we're recording this at home over Zoom. So apologies for any weird hiccups and inconsistencies we might have. Uh, but we're pretty excited. We've got a guest on that uh, we've wanted to have for a while. We have uh, Mr. Edward, or sorry, Eduardo Sanchez.
3: Hey, how's it going, guys?
1: Um, And you might know Eduardo as the co-director of a little tiny movie called The Blair Witch Project. Um, He's also done an episode of a tv show uh i was a show runner on called 12 deadly days he actually did our scariest episode which is otherwise kind of a it. it was mostly a horror comedy and your guys episode was kind of fucking terrifying so
3: yeah 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 it was a good script
1: um and i guess before we even jump in uh what do you kind of have going on right now
3: how are you well, dealing ever, with
1: quarantine?
3: Yeah, basically the COVID quarantine has got me here at my house, and I'm uh, we're uh, writing a couple of things. We're writing a show for Apple. Um, you know, you know who knows what will happen with it, but we just turned in the pilot um, episode today, like the first draft. So we'll see what happens. You know, we're hoping that uh, you know it gets green lit, um, and then we're writing uh, a feature um and you know and also just kind of trying to develop you know we got we were we're pitching a, a show in the next couple of weeks uh kind of a to wide net to a bunch of people um and just kind of you know learning to deal with the business of you know of uh of filmmaking from you know trapped in our houses you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically
1: uh interesting time to be alive for sure um they always say may you live through interesting times but when you're actually living through these so-called interesting times it's not necessarily so
3: great (laughs) yeah hopefully we'll look back on this and be like "Ah, remember that and stuff you know for a lot uh (laughs) but yeah man it's it's been crazy um
1: well and just for the listeners to know uh if you didn't read the episode description we're going to be talking about several things uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about a blair witch ch- 2 primarily about a comedy called heart of love and a bigfoot movie called manable that's how you say it right manable
3: yes manable yep okay yep.
1: um well let's just kind of go back to the beginning uh with the original blair witch and kind of like how you even got into the business and what led to, you know, I'm sure while you were making it just this like little tiny movie that then became one of kind of the big success stories of certainly of modern independent film, but I think even just Hollywood in general.
3: Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we did this, uh, you know, Dan Myrick and me came up with this idea in the early nineties. We were in film school at uh, university of central Florida. And then we, uh, Greg Hale got involved and then Rob Cowie and then Mike Manello and you know uh, started snowballing. We finally got the money to shoot it. We raised like uh, you know like 20,000 bucks. I mean it was rarely barely anything. and we went and we shot it and we edited it, and for somehow it ended up you know being this huge thing and um, afterwards we were offered kind of everything. Uh, all the, like all the all the horror scripts that had been like stockpiling up in the, <laughs> uh, in the development offices or you know with were being sent to us and um, uh, Dan and I were both like just you know we we never honestly we never considered ourselves horror filmmakers like we we had this great you know uh, movie you know idea for a horror movie but we never you know we never you know I think that's it was probably the only idea we really had for a horror movie. So, um, but it, you know, it turns out, you know, when you do, a, when you have success with a horror movie, all of a sudden you're a horror filmmaker. So, uh, we were, you know, we were just kind of tired. We were, we had been in this room, at least for me. I mean, I think Dan, you know, can speak for himself, but I, I think he feel, felt the same way that I did, which we, we had just been in this really dark, uh, place with Blair, Witch. Um, and we kind of wanted to like, I just w- we wanted to go like in completely different direction. And that's where Heart of Love came to, that's where it was born. Um, and uh, it was just something, it was like, what would, uh, you know, like, what's like the least thing that people would expect from us after Blair Witch Project? And we were like, how about like a goofball, stupid Monty Python, naked gun, you know, shit, you know, uh, uh, feces, uh, uh, riddled, uh, you know, uh, fecal joke, riddled uh, script, you know, two hour horror, you know, two hour comedy, just goofball comedy. How about that? And, um, you know, we somehow I mean, you know, there, it's a it was a, it's a really long story. You know, it's political. It, it, it gets political with the studio and all that stuff. But we, you know, we had a chance to make it and it just didn't work out. And, uh, you know, by that time, it was. Uh, you know, two thousand two, two thousand three, and and the partnership kind of broke up, and we all went our separate ways. So that's how we kind of got from the beginning, you know, of Blair Witch to you know, kind of the end of the original uh, Hacks and Partnership.
1: Well, and before we really move into talking about Heart of Love, uh, it's funny because I'm sure it's something you've talked about over and over and over again in the ensuing years. But and and I'm sure it's certainly not lost on you. But whenever I think about the it's kind of crazy that Blair Witch is now 20 years old. Yeah. Um, and I think probably for a lot of younger people who know it at the, as this classic movie, I also think if you didn't live through it, I don't know how much you necessarily know of the significance. Obviously, people might know that it kind of kicked off the so-called found footage boom, even though really the boom didn't happen until like 10 years later for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but it also kind of ushered in... Uh, even though it was before what you would call social media, but the idea of like a web presence of a film, yeah. Um, and I guess maybe just talk a little bit about that. Like, was that ever? I don't try to think back. Was that ever part of your guys' original idea, or did that kind of come about once you had distribution?
3: No, I mean, that was uh, that was like kind of um. I mean, I wouldn't say it was part of the original idea, but the whole thing was like, we want the movie to feel as real as possible. So, you know, anything that kind of um, didn't lend to the, to the reality of the situation, we we took out. So we kind of just built this world and, and in the world we needed to have uh, Blair Witch mythology. You know, she Heather needed to go out there to study something, you know, to do a documentary about something. So, um, you know, that was the first thing of like, and, and it was just, just basically to to fill out you know the, the legend so that Heather knew what she was talking about, and we only gave it to Heather so that the Josh and Mike never never knew the Blair Witch legend that we had created unless Heather talked about it. So once we finished the shooting, um, we went back to Orlando. We started actually uh, to Orlando to edit the film, and uh, we got some uh, buzz on uh, the show called Split Screen with John Pearson. And uh, his, and back then it was like, you know, this is like 98 and uh, his, uh, his, uh, you know, his discussion board, which was like, you know, that, that was the websites back then. It was, you know, discussion board was really the only place you could interact like that. So his discussion board was all about Blair Witch. And he told us, you know, hey, I mean, it's great that, that everybody's so enthusiastic, but you guys have taken over my board. You know, you guys, we should do your own website. And we, you know, we had already been thinking about this. And luckily, I had had some it's just some web, a little bit of website experience, building experience, and Mike Manello, Manello, uh, which were one of the producers, also had some experience. So we kind of built this, you know, this website, just kind of saying, okay, if this was really a documentary, how would we have what website? What you know, how what would the website entail? So that's when all the mythology of the Blair Witch came into play. Um, so. You know, for us, it was just kind of a... And then, you know, from there, it started blowing up, and we had, like, an online... Pretty good online presence for, you know, 1998. And then it really propelled us. Um, you know, the fans started getting involved. Uh, one of the fans um, called, like, a big morning show in L.A. And the... the um, I can't remember who it was, but they actually got online during the... what You know, during their broadcast, and were looking at the website. So you know, that day we blew up, you know, crazy amount of hits. Um, and then we, so we had this newsletter and we kind of put out like what we were doing on the movie and all this stuff. And, um, and then that gave us a lot of momentum going into Sundance. Um, and then once we got into Sundance, you know, we, you know, just kind of started planning. We made our own posters. We made these hats. We made little pins. Um, uh, you know, we were always good at like kind of marketing ourselves. You know, even with limited the limited money that we had, um, and we were just like, well, you know, we had learned from uh, other people that had been to Sundance that you know you really got to hustle. You you know, people aren't just going to go see your film just because you're you know uh, you know unless you're like unknown. If you're unknown, you have to kind of make your own buzz. So we went in there and you know put posters up and kind of played you know the game. Um, but really, it was the word of mouth from the website um, that really kind of propelled. Uh, you know, the you know all the, all the screenings sold out, and they added another an, an extra screening, and you know, so it was you know, it was kind of crazy once we got there. But I think a lot of it had to do with that. This the website had already been around, and we already had like, I think we had like ten thousand. You know. Um, Subscribers when we went to Sundance, which doesn't sound like anything, but back in those days, yeah, that was a lot
1: you know, back then. That was a
3: lot of people, man. For, especially, you know, we weren't advertising at all. You know, we weren't doing anything. We're just paying our 15 bucks a month, you know, hosting fee, and that was all the marketing we were doing, you know. So, you know, so then once Artisan bought the movie, they took the website down and they, you know, they, it, they really did, they really worked great a great place to be, you know, as far as collaboration on the marketing, John Hageman and Emmerett Jones were on the marketing department and uh, they really kind of embraced the indie feel and kind of like the, the really, the, 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 the you know, the, the non-conventional marketing style that we, that we had been using so far. So, um, you know, they kind of consulted us all the way through and they were really, and, you know, and they themselves, they, they really knew the movie. Like that was one thing that we really got lucky on is, you know, they, they understood what the movie was, you know, and, um, you know, they just did a a, mar- a great job. So we, you know, it was a very much, it was a great partnership um, all the way through, you know, the release of the film. It
2: was a great trailer too, To It didn't like really show you much. <laughs> and I remember yeah,
3: man. Good. I mean, that that's, that was, I mean, because, you know, we, we sold this movie and we're still broke because, you know, you don't get your, advanced until you deliver everything so we're all you know it takes months to deliver a film if, if you don't have you know much money um so we were you know going through the process of that and you know we still didn't know you know we we knew they had done a great job on pie the year before but we were still you know we don't know these people whatever it's our first deal you know with with hollywood or whatever whatever you want to call it and they sent us that trailer the you know because back then it was vhs they actually mailed us a vhs copy of it and uh, they sent us like three different versions or something. And we were just like, man, that's, I mean, it was our own film. We we're like, well, wow, that's freaking amazing. And it's it exactly what we, it's exactly what the movie needed. You know what I mean? Like the movie, you know, you couldn't, no matter what the hell you did to Blair Witch, you couldn't sell it as a conventional movie. So why try to, you know what I mean? And they really, you know, understood that. And, and you know, and luckily we, we uh, you know, we did, a, it was a good partnership.
1: Well, I remember when the kind of first marketing was rolling out for it. uh, I feel like, you know, now with social media, everyone would have been hearing about the Sundance buzz, even like outside of the industry. But I feel back then it was kind of, that was such a little bubble you had to be connected to Uh, for normal people, even like in film school and stuff. I felt like there was that point where people weren't sure if the movie was real or was pretending to be real and i mean i don't think who could have ever predicted it would be as big as it was but i remember when i saw that happening i was like oh i feel like this movie's gonna do well if it has that like it might yeah. be
3: real thing yeah, that, yeah yeah that was like you know that, and that was them again like we you know again i mean our main goal in the movie was to make a movie that did that look completely real um but we never like thought that we were gonna be able to market it as like a real you know, event, because, you know, we, first of all, we thought that maybe that's illegal. And then secondly, like, you know, you're going to get so much backlash. And, you know, we didn't want to piss people off. You know, we wanted people to be scared and to, you know, to dig the movie. Um, But, you know, again, the artists and people were like, no, no, we're going to market it as real. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep the actors out, you know, the limelight for the first couple weeks of release. And, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, just going to basically pretend it's real and, and, you know, in, in our interviews, Dan and I, we never pretended it was real. I mean, people would ask us and, you know, well, we, you know, we wrote it with this and we came up with the idea here. And, this, you know, it was mostly, you know, it was, it was just on print. But, again, like you were saying, um, I think it, back in those days you could have like a almost like a separate print reality and a, you know, and then, uh, you know, the public reality. You know, most people aren't going to read, you know, uh some of the you know these these film magazines you know what I mean? mm-hmm. like stories so um and so you know and then and then they uh they did uh they ha- hired us to do the sci-fi channel special um which was again kind of like a blessing you know um and it was basically you know an hour of like a documentary about the blair witch legend you know about this footage what was it called again it was called curse of the blair witch
2: right it was great and, i remember taping it on vhs and it was just you know it, it was a phenomenal little documentary in itself so it, i love that one oh, thank and,
3: but, yeah i mean it was something we're where like because you know when we originally made the movie there was this whole doc component to it and the, the, the footage the found footage was only going to be part of the movie and then as we got closer to sundance deadline we realized that you know, the, the stuff in the woods was really the, you know, where the drama was, where really where the movie was. So you, we took out all the documentary stuff. And then when Art Saint came to us and said, hey, you know, we got like a one-hour slot on Sci-Fi. you know, we'll finance something if you guys have an idea. And we were like, we know exactly what we want to do. So we wrote it and we directed it and we edited it. And, um, you know, it was just a great little thing. And also it paid us. Again, which was, we were like, so, <laughs> yeah. we were, you know, we hadn't gotten our advance yet. So we actually made, um, we were, you know, we were making a living off this, you know, sci-fi channel special. Um, so it was, uh, and it was great, man. We were able to, to hire a lot of the same people that worked on the movie and actually pay them this time. And, um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. What I like about that doc too is that it felt authentic. Like it didn't feel like I'm not putting it down. There was a movie called The Last Broadcast that came out, but it kind of didn't seem like authentic looking. But when I watched your sci-fi channel, Doc, it was like just that interview with that guy in the living room, like from the 70s or so. I was like, wow, that looks like, is that from this? Like it it was really messing with your mind. Like, is this real? Like you guys made it look real and authentic. And that's what I liked about it.
3: Yeah. And that was our thing, man, is that kind of like the prime directive of Blair Witch was that we – didn't want, you know, anything to, to give it away. You know I mean? Obviously, you could do research and you could say that, oh, Heather Donahue never disappeared and Mike Williams never disappeared, whatever. But our whole thing was like, in, as, far, as far as like the website, you know, the sci-fi specials, the books, and as, obviously the movie, we want it to be like a whole, a real world. Like, we don't want anything to be like, oh, that's fake or that's, that's lit or whatever. So we just kind of went into the same thing with the with sci-fi special and um you know we we you know the movie was inspired that that whole thing in the, the guy in the living room with the set you know the 70s look we, you know we loved i mean blair witch basically came out of in search of so we were like let's create a let's pretend that there was a in search of episode about the blair witch and obviously we can't use in search of so we'll come up with our own show and then that was so that was our, our attempt to like do like a you know, like a uh, in search of episode of Blair Witch, and we, my uh, one of our uh, actually our producer Greg Hale had like old 60 millimeter footage in his freezer from film school. So that's we just shot it on film, <laughs> and you know we gave it a crazy look, and you know it worked out really well. But you know we really we, we really wanted it to feel like like it was something you know real. We didn't want to, and and again I I like the the uh, movie The Last Broadcast. Like I I thought it was it was weird that the that the similar ideas came up at the same time. Um, and we saw, actually, I saw the movie right before we entered Sundance with our movie. Um, and it was, you know, it was a solid film, but there are some bits that you're like, okay, they wouldn't, the reporters don't look old enough to be actual reporters. And, mm-hmm. you know, that this this format is, we, it's, it's, you know, we, we are... You know, we were, like, we grew up on television. We wanted everything to be, like, authentic. You know what I mean? And uh, and th- and you're right. It did take me a- a- away from the, you know, from the from concentrating on the movie that I was enjoying. Um, so we, you know, and on Blair Witch, it was kind of a thing that we didn't want anything like that. We wanted anything that, that said, oh, that's a fake movie phone number or a fake movie name or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. Or they're hiding a logo for whatever reason, you know. We wanted it to be, like, feel like it's, like it was real, you know, so...
1: Well, and then, so, obviously, Blair Witch became the movie we all know. Uh, I Do you remember what, you know, it's got to be crazy going from these guys making this scrappy little, like, truly no-budget movie to this big record-breaking phenom. Do you remember what your first post-success meeting was? Or not even meeting, but, like, what i'm trying to ask because what the first movie somebody kind of was trying to get you involved with like you said there are all these horror scripts that have been lying around that they're now throwing at you yeah yeah
3: the the um the one that they uh i mean the one that you know the one that 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 you know the most famous one is the exorcist prequel um that they made twice yeah (laughs) <laughs> so uh, you know and, and we read that script it was the original one we read that script and we were like I mean you know come on Exorcist I mean a chance to do an Exorcist sequel or a prequel or you know just a movie you know movie in that you know in that canon um and we were like super excited about it and then we read the script and we we're like wow this is you know it you know it's just not right and so we went back and we were like we love it and we would love to do it, but you know, we need, you know, give give us a little time to rewrite this. We need to rewrite the script and we want to get the, you know, whatever. And they're like, Oh no, no, we're starting to shoot this in like two months. So, you know, people are already like on location and like, you know, so we were like, nah, I think you, you I think you, you found the wrong guys. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and again, you know, I think it was a good call. Like that movie again, you know, was made twice and you know, Made uh, twice,
1: but, neither very good. So. Yeah,
3: like just it, there was just something about that that didn't work, and and we um, you know we saw it in the script, and I think a lot of probably a lot of the other people saw it in the script, but you know, it, well, once the train leaves the station, you kind of mm-hmm. you can't stop it. So um, that was really the biggest one that kind of uh, you know that we you know it was an Exorcist sequel. I mean that was great, but we were like. Um, you know, they they, they, was, they sent us all kinds of things. Then later on, we would see the movies come out in the theaters, some good, some bad. And um, But, you know, I, I, again, like, I think Dan and I were, I mean, again, if, if they had told us, all right, yeah, we'll let you, re-, you know, we'll give you three or four months to rewrite the, the Exorcist script and, you know, we'll follow your lead. We, I think we would have done that. I think that would have, like, kind of pushed us to actually get another job. But... There wasn't anything other like pushing us, like, like, um, we didn't have any like original, like, like, again, we weren't really horror filmmakers, so there wasn't like three or four other scripts that were like, oh, I'm, I've been dying to do this since I was a teenager, you know, like, other than a Bigfoot movie, like, I never, you know, I never imagined, you know, my that that I would want to make horror movies, you know, um, so it was, you know, so it was kind of a crazy time, um, uh, you know, and also you know, it was a plus a blessing and a curse is that we were making like real money on Blair Witch. Like, you know, the the you know, most most of the time, um you know, small independent movies, you know, you don't make any money at all. You make your advance and then you're done. You know, you're lucky if you know they don't try to come after your advance. For Blair Witch, you know, it made so much money that no, you know <laughs> whoever was in charge like couldn't hide it quickly enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. And uh you know, so we made, you know, we were making a lot of money. And so the financial pressures of like having to get another job because you're, you know, you're still in debt after your, you know, your, your first indie success, that wasn't, you know, the case for us. So we were able to like be a little more uh, picky with stuff. And again, I, th- I think that was a blessing because it kept us out of, you know, making, you know, because imagine if, if we hadn't made any money you know, we would have had to accept one of those, you know, scripts that might have not been right for us, you know what I mean? And we might have had to do the, the, the Exorcist prequel just the way it was, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially the amount of money, they, you know, that they offer you. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's very tempting. Um, but, uh, so, you know, we kind of just stayed the course. And, again, we wanted to do the 180 from Blair Witch. And that's when, you know, Heart of Love really started kind of kicking in.
1: And uh, not to get off topic, quick sidebar though, because uh, I, I think it is one of the interesting things about the horror industry is that maybe less so now, but I feel like certainly uh, historically, a lot of the most famous horror directors that is their story is that they never set out to be horror guys. It's just that their first movie, you know, Wes Craven had the same comments uh, before Blair Witch. Like what? what was kind of the career you more so thought you would have or wanted to have
3: um i mean honestly i thought that um you know like ever since i started when i started doing this in high school um you know really attracted to commercial films you know and especially you know spielberg and and lucas and you know star wars changed my life obviously um but, uh, so, you know, I, I thought that I was going to be more of, like, a, you know, kind of action, com- you know, maybe action comedy or something. You know, that, that's really what I love is the, like, uh, some of my favorite films are, like, the action, the, 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 the films that kind of mix genres, you know, with action comedy or action horror, or, you know. Um, so, to, for, for me, like, I thought that I was going to be an action director. Like, that was the kind of stuff that that I was writing Um, and then um, and then in film school I kind of went through you know you chain in film school and you become like I don't know I grew up a little bit so I became like a huge Spike Lee fan uh, fan and you know um, read his books and so I started kind of going down kind of more socially conscious you know um, direction and I did a movie called Gabriel's Dream in film school which was basically like do the right thing in black and white, you know, told by a Hispanic 19 year old kid. So it wasn't very good, but, um, it taught me a lot, you know, and taught me to fail. Um, and then, so then once the idea, once we started going into Blair, Witch, for me, it was just like, okay, I need, we need to make something commercial, you know, we need to like make something. And that's why we jumped on Blair, Witch. but if somebody had asked me, you know, in film school. You know, around that time, I would have been like, well, you know, I'd like to do stuff, you know, socially conscious and then, you know, some comedy, maybe uh, action. But no, horror was like, you know, on the bottom of the list. Not that I don't, I mean, some of my favorite movies are horror movies, but um, I just didn't, I didn't think that way. You know what I mean?
1: Well, the, although I guess I wouldn't call it an action movie, but uh, your movie Altered. Uh, which, if people have not seen, is a very cool movie. I can kind of see the like action movie influence there. Um, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Even absolutely.
1: though it's a very contained movie, it has that kind of like, you know, almost assault on precinct thirteen style like yeah. tension of a bunch of angry people trapped yeah, yeah, yeah. in a little house together.
3: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that was like. You know that was after. I mean, altered was like 2005 or 2006. So that was way after. You know, so we went through our heart of love phase, which was like a year, two, maybe two and a half years, maybe less. And then we all went our separate ways. And then altered was like the first. You know, the, I mean, the script was called probe, but the first. You know, the first time I saw it was when I read it. It was the first horror script that that i had read since blair wish that like really kind of like i connected with you know what i mean and uh and that's you know i and the you know and then we decided to make it and that was you know raise the money and that was it
1: and uh what was oh sorry steve you're gonna
2: ask oh i'm sorry just to go back to sundance really quick this is something i've always wondered um and then i swear we'll move on to heart of love um was i heard that you guys had a do do a different end at one point you guys were gonna change the ending to Blair witch and i was just kind of wondering what the other endings were if you shot them or what were the concepts of them i've always been curious about that
3: well the the, um the artisan like you know love the movie but you know you know it's being a studio you want to change something and something you know if something's not working like why you know why is it you know is it is the ending we need to understand the ending more or whatever they always had problem with that, you know, kind of, you know, ending. And so, uh, again, like, right after they bought us pre-advance, we're, like, dying, you know, we have no money. And they're like, hey, you know, will you at least reconsider redoing the ending? You know, just the very ending. Do you have any ideas? And we were like, well, you know, because, you know, Dan and I, like, when we came up, when we were shooting the movie, we didn't know how the movie was going to end. And we came up with it, like, three days before we shot it. And obviously we didn't have any money for special effects, but now all of a sudden we had money and we were like, wow, we could do whatever the hell we want. So, but we really did love our original ending. You know, we thought it was kind of, you know, it was like the, the best ending for, for, for that movie, you know, for Blair Witch. And, uh, so we went and we, we shot like these, you know, Mike people, Mike hanging like from a noose and hanging on a, you know, on a giant stick man. And, You know just all these all these kind of ideas that you know we were kind of you know we did we definitely wanted to make them good but we didn't want to make them great because we liked our original ending so we were kind of you know um you know kind of playing both ends of the stick so so it was kind of like we you know it was uh you know it was cool because we got again we got a bunch of people together and we paid them and we made these things but again and it was cool being back at the house that we originally shot the movie and we brought Mike Williams out because you know he was the only one that's on camera and um, and you know they just didn't work and then right before uh, right before the release we we're mixing the movie and the they let us you know they were like well which, which ending do you guys want to go with which is really cool of them I mean you know obviously like which is such a rarity you know um they're like what you know what ending do you want to go and we're like well we like the original ending and you know whatever and um i remember bill block and i've told this this a million times but bill block which was one of the guys that he's at artisan was like well it's going to cost us millions at the box office but we'll go with your ending
2: <laughs> and, you know, it was like,
3: yeah uh, yeah millions at the box office what the hell are you talking about and he was kind of joking you know um and uh but you know so that was it but you know that was the whole thing man is that you know the partnership with artisan was that was really cool i mean they they basically the, the movie you saw was the director's cut like we you know they never asked us hey can you speed this along or can we cut they never sent us notes about it nothing and then um you know, and again, they list, you know, do have the, the ending that we wanted. So, so that's, that was kind of, and then if you really want to see the endings, they're actually on the Blu-ray version of Blair Witch. Oh. oh. And I think they're probably on YouTube. So you could probably look them up. <laughs>
1: um, so, up And on. how quickly then did the Blair Witch 2 conversation start? And what was that labyrinth like for you guys?
3: Um, it was, it was right away. Um, and, uh, you know, labyrinth is is a good description of it because we, um, again, Dan and I were like in this place where like not only did we want to, you know, no, we didn't want to make another horror movie. We the last thing we want to do is make another Blair Witch movie, and and the thing is that we never, like, it never we 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 you know we were always like, well, you know, in a couple of years we'll go back maybe do another you know do a sequel if it's cool you know whatever, or you know prequel. We actually wanted to go back and do like. The, the stuff that happened before we wanted to do like a series of prequels. And, um, but, uh, but we were like, no, there's no way we're going to do it now. And they were like, well, we want to you know release it next year. And we we're like, you know, no, we don't want to do it. And, and they're like, well, if you, you know, if you really wanted to do it, what would you do? And we we're like, we want to do this prequel it takes place in the late 1700s and, you know, um, you know, period peace in the snow, <laughs> you know, uh, not, not what they wanted to hear. um, and, you know, and, and at that time, like, the doing another found footage movie was like, we were like, there's no way you can make another found footage sequel to Blair Witch. Like, the Paranormal Activity model wasn't, it just, nobody thought, it. you know, it, people would be like, wait, it's, it's just a gimmick now, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, and even us, we were just like, we can't do another one. We don't want to be known as the freaking found footage filmmakers, you know what I mean? Even though, you know you know, well, it wasn't a genre yet, but we can't do the same trick again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so we were, you know, we told them we want to do a prequel and they're like, well, you know, we're going to look at other things. We want to hire some other, we want a sequel. So they hired like three writers and, um, you know, they, we were executive producers, like they paid us pretty good money to just be executive producers and just kind of not shit on everything. Um, and, uh, you know we liked the scripts we didn't love anything we were like you know they're all right you know whatever and you know and uh and then
1: um wait do you remember what do you remember a story of one of those that you thought was the best cuz none of those 3 were the ones they made right
3: no no yeah. no 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 i mean actually i found one i found one in my like my my uh closet a few months ago like the the one of the ones that, one of the drafts they sent us oh, you know man i don't i mean I don't remember, you know, any details. It was just a lot of kind of walking in the woods and, you know, and, um, you know, it wasn't like, it was, uh, it was very much like, um, uh, like, like Hollywood trying to figure out how you make a normal movie about, how do you make a sequel to Blair Witch Project, you know, like, and... So it was interesting to us, you know. Some of them were actually, you know, were actually good. You know, some of them were not good. So um, that's about the time that they, that Joe Berlinger, they, you know, they came up. They're like, hey, you know, we know Joe Joe Berlinger, and he wants to, you know, give it a shot. And we we love Joe, you know, him and um, his partners. Uh, what was his partner's name? Bruce Sanofsky? Anyway, uh, you know, the, their documentaries were you know, some of our favorites, you know, and we were actually like, you know, we actually watched these, these um, documentaries when we were editing Blair Witch just to kind of get like the you know,
1: feeling, modern, yeah.
3: modern doc feel, you know. Um, so we were like, wow, man, if, if anybody can make a cool, you know, Blair Witch sequel, you know, Joe might, you know, might be the guy to do it. Um, so, you know, they sent us the treatment. We were like, you know, we didn't like it. Um, and we were like, you know, you know, assholes who weren't like you know ah this is crap whatever. But we you know we were honest with them because you know, we, we I mean the last thing we wanted to do was like ruin our franchise or you know you know our franchise that wasn't even a franchise yet. You know like we you know we wanted the Blair Witch movies to be good. You know we wanted it to be solid and you know entertainment. And um, then they're like oh you know you'll love the script. So the script came around and we we're like yeah we still don't really like it. So you know they're like well we're gonna go and make it and you know. Um, you know, and then, um, then they started sending us the footage and, you know, we, we watched the footage and, you know, I mean, I, I, it wasn't like a bad looking movie, but what I was watching was like, you know, a lot of steady cam stuff. And I was like, this is not, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, so, uh, you know, and then, the, so the movie came, you know, they, they brought us the movie, the, like the first cut of the movie, like the, you know. Joe's cut, I guess, Um, and uh, they brought it to Orlando. We were we were in Orlando. It's still in Orlando at the time, and uh, they rented like a little theater in in the Disney property and showed us the movie. And it was man, we were. I mean, you know, we were. I mean, I guess I was in my early thirties, and you know, I was just we were a little arrogant and just kind of full of ourselves. And we were like, oh, we're the Blair Witch guys, You you know. We're next, you know. You know, we were like superstars, you know, in our own minds. And uh, we started like mystery science theatering a little bit of the movie you know just us partners like kind of um, just certain aspects like especially the sheriff like the sheriff's like was like kind of like every dog you know you know those rascally rap you know those rascally – you know and it was kind of like anyway it was like a little scooby- dooish or anything anyway and um, you know that you know and you know what were we gonna we were just kind of you know... Just very non professional. So they, you know, afterwards we met with them. They're like, well, you know, we want you to be, you know, do interviews for the movie, and we're like, I don't know how we're going to be interviewed. I mean, you know, if they ask us what we thought of the movie, what are we going to tell them? And they're like, well, is there anything you can concentrate on, like cinematography? I'm like, yeah, I mean, the cinematography was good, you know, but that's a, you know, that's one question. Um, so you know, they were like, you know, we really need. You know, you need to do pre- like premiere was back was still around. You really needed to do premiere and you really you know whatever. And uh, uh, so we were like, you know, sure, but we're not. You know, what do we? What do you want us to say? So eventually they kind of you know left us alone and um, you know and it, and it was weird, man. Because I mean, I we wanted the movie to succeed, you know, because we we would have loved to have gone back and made another movie, you know, um, but. Once the movie didn't make, and you know, and obviously, the movie didn't like it made like I think 45 million dollars, I mean, like it cost him like maybe five million, like it wasn't like a bad, you know, it didn't like lose money, but they were expecting, you know, yeah, another million the precedent the had been set on the first, yeah, one. <laughs> man. And I was so we were like, so you know, and then so we were all disappointed, and you know, that was kind of the end of the franchise for a while, and we tried to eventually. I mean, and also, okay. So then, there's another chapter where, like, afterwards, like, we're doing, um, uh, you know, we're doing Heart of Love, and we're like in the middle, and I guess we can come up to this later. But doing Heart of Love, and the Artisan comes up back and says, and th- this was like, this is the only thing in my life, in my career that I, I guess, I regret, even though my me at the time would have never like if I'd have come back in you know in time to go back to 19, you know two thousand one and say, take this deal, you dummy <laughs> I still would have been like, Dan, you're old you look old as shit and no, I'm not gonna do this. I don't wanna make this fucking movie. But they actually offered us like a pretty good amount of money to put Heart of Love aside and do the prequel and then they would guarantee you know distribution and everything for Heart of Love after the prequel. And, like, again, man, we were, like, the Blair Witch guys. We were, you know, high on, you know, on ourselves. And, and again, you know, we were we were right, you know, it, to, to be fair to us, we were right in the middle of getting of love made. Like, we had already raised the money and, like, the, you know, it was on its way to be made. So it was literally, like, stop making this movie that you've been wanting to make for a long time and go, you know, and do this other – and start from scratch with another movie, you know. So we said no, and that's – you know, to me, I look back, I'm like, you know, I think we should have, even though, like, I don't know what the prequel would have looked like, um, you know, I think that's something that, that you know, it would have been cool to, to do, you know. And obviously, I didn't know that Harlow was going to, like, crash and burn the way it did, you know, a year and a half later. So,
1: Well, I guess I was going to ask, although you maybe just answered that, did, did you actually have a story idea for the prequel other than it was a prequel?
3: Yeah, I mean, our idea was basically, um, you know, the story of of the witch, of Ellie Kedward. She is, you know, this woman, and she gets uh, accused of witchcraft by some of the kids she takes care of, and then she's tied up to a tree in the middle of the woods, you know, in the middle of the winter, and left to die, and something, you know, they go back a couple days later, her body's gone, you know, something's happened, and... um, you know, then the kids start disappearing and, you know, whatever, all the, you know, shit starts going bad in the town. And it's basically just the, the end of the, like a, like a nightmare of this little village in the middle of nowhere in Maryland. Um, You know, just basically everybody going crazy and killing each other. and, And, you know, and then the, you know, the end was basically the, the spring, you know, somebody coming across the town in the spring and everybody's dead and, you know, it's completely deserted, and that's the mystery of, that's Blair, you know, that's what happened in the Blair Township, so that was our, our prequel idea, you know, and um, uh, so that, you know, so we, you know, we had a basic kind of, you know, premise, um, but, you know, I mean, you know, for us, it would have been months, you know, a few months at least to write the script, at least get, you know, the the ideas down, and then, you know, so it would have taken a lot longer than, I'm, I'm talking about the previous, where they were like, because they actually offered us uh, a chance to do the prequel before Joe's movie, and they were like, we, we want you to do the prequel, but we give you, like, 11 months to, to do yeah. it. <laughs> we like, are like, it'd crazy. So, we, you know, we got we got a chance to do the prequel a couple of times, and we turned them both down. The second time was, first time was legitimate. The second time, we were just kind of delusional, I guess.
1: And you sort of hinted at the idea of other prequels as well. Did you kind of see, like, you would go yeah. back to the back then and then kind of do other stories throughout time yeah, like
3: our whole thing was to go and do the ellie kedwich story and then jump forward like to the 1940s and do like like a black and white Rustin parr movie i don't know how familiar you are with the mythology but that that's the guy who that that's a the house they end up at the end of blair witch um and then um and then you know there's there's a bunch of other stories and we wanted to you know i mean you know who knows if if the movie was if the franchise was successful we wanted to like you know, maybe go back to Native Americans like before the Blair Township, um, you know. So, you know, it was kind of like, uh, and, you anyway, know, and eventually I thought we could do a cool prequel, um, a sequel too. Um, but uh, at the Did time... you have an idea for that? We actually wrote a sequel that is actually really good. I mean, it's like, the, it's the last thing that Dan and I wrote together and um, with some help from other people. Because we were like not working well with each other at that time. Um, and um and it was a sequel that that Lionsgate um uh commissioned us to write. And um this was probably like, you know, ten years ago now or maybe a little less. And um yeah, and it was and it was actually a pretty cool, you know, um a sequel. I mean, we're pretty happy with it. And, and uh, the people that have read it have, you know, I've, I've shown it to a few fans and they, you know, they're all, are, we're like, man, we wish we could make that. Um, <laughs> are you able so, to yeah, kind of so give a yeah, quick? Yeah we, had a cool, yeah. yeah, we had a cool idea for a sequel, you know.
1: Are you yeah. able to give even just like a quick? Or is it, it still kind of under wraps? basically
3: like a woman. Um, I mean, I can't really reveal too much, but like, you know, I don't want to reveal too much, but like, it was a woman who moves back, who moves to Blair, the Blair Township to, or Burkittsville as it's called now to like take care of an elderly woman who lives near the woods. And then, you know, shit starts happening. And yeah. But it was really it was really cool because there was like time, a little bit of time travel because, you know, Blair Witch, you know, there is like weird time travel in, in, in the, even in the original one. Um, so there was like kind of stuff like that, but we were like, you know, we we're going to you, you were going to see all the characters you were going to see Mike and Josh and Heather again and um yeah it was cool man i was actually I, I haven't read it in a while but it be, might be an interesting read to to just look at it again it might be terrible now but I mean, and, and actually Lionsgate was pretty happy with it all the producers were very happy with it but it was just a little bit more money that they wanted to that that they wanted to spend you know like i think they wanted it, if we would have been like um if we would have uh, done something that was like, um, you know, a little cheaper, maybe written something that was just a couple of million, um, I think that, you know, it would have helped, but, you know, it was the price tag was a little too high. <laughs> to <you. How laughs> to
1: Wait,
2: was, was there a version back when you guys were meeting with Lionsgate, like, um, was there one you guys were talking about, about like Heather's um, professor, like obsessed with what happened to her? idea I yes yes
3: yeah that, that was um yeah there was i mean that was like an early version of the um like when when we first started you know thinking about what other movies you know like like if if they that was like early talks of the sequel like we were still trying to make the prequel but we started kind of going down a sequel road just to see if we could um come up with something and i think dan wrote a pretty good treatment for something, which was like the professor, Heather's professor, kind of becoming obsessed and you know, kind of carrying on the the investigation. Uh, but we never wrote a script for that.
2: Okay, oh, right. I remember reading about that years ago. I was like, ah, that sounds. Yeah, so- man.
3: I mean, we've been talking about it for so long, and you know, um, unfortunately, you know, it's you know, we we're not in the Blair Witch world right now. Maybe one day in the future we will be again.
1: I mean, it seems like you could still get that. Lionsgate sequel or something similar to it going at some
3: point. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, I think the 2016 version like really scared them because they, you know, we all thought that it was going to do really well. Um, it get, you know, and um, I think that kind of just scared, you know, kind of jolted them out of like, okay, maybe that's not going to work for theaters. But I think, you know, as far as like, you know, I think the the best fit right now, is especially the way everything is, even before COVID. But I think a television show would make more sense.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: and we've gone down that we've gone down <laughs> that road with them a few times. Um, so you know, it, it, it's not it's not for lack of trying, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's inevitable that they're going to do more Blair Witch stuff, and they might be doing stuff right now that we don't even know about. So.
2: Um, oh, you know. So I love the the whole mythology you guys built because, like, back in those days, man, I was on the internet looking at all that stuff because I was so fascinated by it, you know. Yeah. And I never did that any time. I, I was so into that movie, I had to go online and constantly look at all, all your updates. And I loved your Bravo like split screen thing it was phenomenal in itself. It was so haunting at the time. Oh, <laughs> and this Yeah. Guy, we-
3: Yeah, it was, I mean, we, we, we had been working on the idea for a long time and we kind of knew what we wanted and, and, you know, and we were, we were just really good at making like fake docs really is what it came down to. We had like a, you know, we had a genuine town for it. And, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, that, that was really what it was about is just trying to. Trying to scare people, trying to creep people out in a in a new way, you know. Because we, you know, Blair Witch was all inspired by the, you know, the in the in late 80s, early 90s, like there was a definite um, downturn as far as like horror movies, at least scary horror movies, you know. So for us, it was like, how do you get, you know, horror, you know, how do you make horror scary again? And um, yeah, we just try to make everything we did kind of creepy, and you know, kind of basically in search of, like, we were just trying to revitalize it in search of.
1: Uh, I, I will it's maybe a good time to hit pause and then uh, pick up on heart of love and manable in uh, the next episode, but I'll maybe end just letting you know a funny anecdote. I always remember a friend of mine in high school after Blair, Witch came out, um, we were talking about it uh, and he noted that he like, didn't think it was that scary. And then the more we talked, I realized he thought it was real which then that blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute. I can understand if you saw it and whatever, you didn't think it was scary or, but the fact that he thought it was a real thing. And I was like, that would have destroyed me if I saw real footage like that. Um, But uh, thank you, Eduardo, for coming on. Uh, Is there a way people can find you on the social medias if you would like them to? I
3: mean, uh, uh, Look on my Hacks and Films uh, group on Facebook uh and i'm on twitter too sanchez on the mic but you know I'm, I'm around but i'm not really like much of a social media guy
0: so
1: yeah well maybe better for your own mental health these days <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, you can find us on instagram at best movies never made and twitter at never made film uh we also recommend that you check out the electric now app uh, which is free. There's lots of movies and TV shows and uh, more relevant to us. You can watch video of our podcast and all our sister podcasts, like the 4:30 movie and inglorious Experts, rebel in the rogue. Um, all, all the great nerdy podcasts. Uh, we want to give a special thanks to bill Ritter and everyone at the electric surge network, including our producers, Dean Devlin and Mark a Altman. Uh, until next time, this is Josh Miller and... Scarletta saying, "We won't see you at the movies."